Production of Sound Bros Productions. 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 Nick's not currently in the studio. I mean, he physically is, but he's not mentally here. Don't talk to me like you know me. So, we're going to talk about him, not to him. Thank you You so much. (laughs) I'm here to talk about you, not to you. (laughs) Oh, Why is your voice so loud? (laughs) I don't know. What are you talking about? Your voice seems extra loud. Can you turn... No. You can't, can you? No. That sucks. No. Because your voice is extremely grating. (laughs) No. Uh, Oh, that's helpful. Is that better? Oh, yeah, this is so much better. (laughs) Oh, okay. No, this is fine. Uh, Oh, no, this is stupid. How about now? How is this any better? How's that? Is that better? We're still receiving the same feed. <laughs> You're ridiculous. Look it back into the box. <laughs> Dork. So these new studio headphones that we got have an input and an output. Actually, e- it's an input on each side. On each side. They have an input, input and output on each side. Yeah. So you can actually daisy chain the speakers together. The headphones together. <laughs> So, yeah, anyway. So, uh, I think we should start off with shout-outs. Because we never do shout-outs. Okay, we should, okay. Can we shout, well, we're shouting in, really. No, because we're going out on the air. Did you hear that? Was that the Uh, salsa baby? (laughs) It was the jalapeno. (laughs) (laughs) It was kicking. So, So, no, let me start by saying that yesterday was... Nick's birthday. Oh, gosh. So, ridiculous. happy birthday. Thank you so much. As he got bombarded with happy birthday all day. <laughs> Ding. Okay, what was that? That was the computer. Doing what? <laughs> In the talk back. Yeah, but what? Probably just, you know, Windows security or something like that. Okay, hopefully it's still recording. Ding. <laughs> Anyway, I'm sure it'll be fine. So Nick got bombarded all day with happy birthdays because I'm that brother. Yeah, well, who just kind of tells everyone. Um, but it was cool, and then we had a birthday party for Nick, and a couple of the people at the birthday party are people that um, actually listen to the show. So shout out to you guys. Uh, yes, um, for being listeners, and to our new followers and listeners, the. The gargantuan tall guy. Actually, they're all tall. Because <laughs> I'm really short. Yeah, you really are short. <laughs> but, yes. So, thank you for listening. You know who you are. Um, we know who we you are. We will change your names to protect the innocent. High suit. Tall guy. Black suit. Black suit. With the curly with hair. The hair. 
with the awesome hair. Mm, boss hair. Jealous. A bit jelly. Actually, somebody said that I could do my hair like that yesterday. And since, I don't know that you could pull my that hair, off. Since my hair has started thinning, I, I haven't actually attempted doing that with my hair. You might be able to pull it off. It's possible, but it might be a little bit harder because my hair on the top of my head is a little bit thinner. Ah, yes. Now that I'm... Repaint and thin, and no, thin more. no more. So, so, so somebody asked me a question yesterday at the party. It was kind of a rhetorical question, but I thought it was really funny. You ever notice that in those Rogaine commercials, it's always somebody with black hair? <sighs> well, yeah. What about all the people with blonde hair? Or no, red you're hair? just SOL. <laughs> it's like if you got blonde hair, yeah, we can't regrow that crap. Sorry, bro. <laughs> well, but it's because it's not Rogaine isn't actually regrowing hair. It's just spray paint. They're like, here, uh, it's, this will make Just spray thing. paint. That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Getting all over their ears and stuff. Oh, jeez. <laughs> the black. You remember the black the black stuff we used to use for theatrical productions? Oh, yeah. I remember having my entire head covered with it. Hair spray paint. When, the first time I had. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And Actually, uh, you want to know the first time we ever used it? Uh, sure. Go First ahead. time we ever used it was uh, for Broadway. Oh yeah, who who used it? Jason Scary. What what did walked Jason out do? onto stage with a full head of hair and the cr- audience gasped. <laughs> <laughs> because he, oh my gosh, that's classic. Because he was very balding and. I mean, he literally sprayed the line on the front <laughs> and filled in the hole. <laughs> that is had, hilarious. Had a full head of black hair. And that it is, was like. That is totally Jason Scary. You know, and from the audience, so. like, you could not tell that it was spray. That it was spray. You know, they're like, he's got hair. That's hilarious. <laughs> what? He plays the guy who, who gets tricked, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's right. What was it? Take me back or uh, bring me back. Yep. Bring me back. Bring me back. That was, a great, that was a great. Uh, that was a really cool play. That was play. a great play. It was one of my favorites, actually. That one. They should do that one again. I like the dream. The dream, dream was my is favorite. My ultimate. Probably my ultimate favorite. No, no. No, the dream was you my know what, favorite. You know what? Let me say this. Because I have two different categories. I have the plays when I was little. Right. And I was just watching. Right, and then the and plays the dream is of. definitely my favorite as far as those ones go. Right, like hands down. But the plays that I've been involved in, Jekyll and Hyde, all day long. Really, absolutely. I, I liked Jekyll and Hyde. I got the my only problem with Jekyll and Hyde, and this of course is just an actor perspective. Is is the you know the director that I played Hyde. Okay. Um, I got an opportunity to play Hyde as the stand-in because the guy playing Hyde couldn't do it, mm. and uh, and I, the direction he went with it, I I just I didn't agree with. I guess. What do you mean, with just, Hyde or with Jekyll? No, with Hyde. Like with well, not not so much the character as much as the makeup. Like, what do you mean? The makeup he had me do was was just weird. It wasn't. It wasn't all. It wasn't where I thought it should have been. I looked more like just an angry hobo. Well, as opposed to a dark, evil character, which is what I thought Hyde was. Well, I mean, it depends. I, mean, I on, acted like a dark, evil. It character, depends but. on your interpretation of Hyde. Right. 
I would, I guess I would, I guess you have to really ask is what is he basing it off of? Because this particular director, a lot of times when he does stuff that seems to not really make a lot of sense. Yeah, he's basing it off of something he's, he's basing seen. it off of something that he's seen. Yeah. And so that's why I'm usually like, okay, you know, where is. Where is he going? Sometimes when, when, when he'll be setting, when I've set up stuff for him in the past, it's like, he's like, I want this. And I'm like, what? What is this? What is this? And then I'll go searching and I'll be like, oh. That is this. Yeah. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And it's like, okay, you know, I see where you're coming from now. I kinda get where you're where you're going with this, but you know, I, I've I've always, you know, in in the book, The yeah. Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, he does a pretty good job of describing Hyde. Yeah, no, and that's what that's where I wanted to be, was that type of Hyde. But I came off being more just a hobo. Uh I think, I've seen, I think I saw a couple of those pictures. I don't think you look like a hobo. Oh, well, I appreciate that. I, I know I mean, that any the more minute than I you, walked any out more on, than you normally oh, shut do, it. So. I know that the minute I walked out on stage, the little <laughs> a couple of little kids in the front row started to cry. So Excellent. Doing my job, you know. Perfect. And the and the gasps from the audience when I... When you choked her? When I choked her. So there's a part in it where, where Hyde uh, attacks one of the characters. And the original actor for Hyde is a tall gentleman... Um, much taller than me, and was able to put the the uh, the character that he was attacking in a headlock, um, you know, which does it, which is conducive for stage, you know, because you don't have to be actually strangling someone right to make it look like you're strangling them. Well, I don't have the ability to do that, and this other actress um, is actually about my height, so. Actually, she's taller than I, I am. I was going to say, I think she's taller than you. And so it, it kind of put us at a little bit of a disadvantage. And so we were talking, um, her and I were hemming and hawing over the, this scene. And we were like, well, what? She said, well, what if you just grab me by the throat, you know? And I'm like, like straight up just, you know, death choke you? And she goes, yeah, but one-handed. And I'm like, okay. It definitely made your character much darker. That's for sure. <laughs> oh yeah. Because I mean, that's like in the book, the first time you the first time you encounter Hyde in the book. Yeah. He's recounting his first interaction with Hyde. Right. And it's the little girl. And yeah. Hyde runs into the little girl, and he's literally beating the little girl to death, like right. jumping on her. Yeah. And you're like, you have this like gruesome picture of of Hyde, and you're it's like, terrible. Yeah. Good lord, you know. Well, and that's and that's what it was. So when we did it for rehearsal, um, that was the crazy part. Is so so it was the three directors of the show, right? The main director, the and then the two co-directors, and uh, we're like, all right, guys, this is what we've worked out. What do you think? Because you know, they hadn't seen it. <laughs> what yet. do you guys think? And so we 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 do through the lines, and and I I reach out, and basically all you all you do. This is a, a little theater training moment. If you're gonna make it look like you are like grabbing someone in strength you just lock your hand and then flex it so that it looks like you're gripping but your hand's not moving at all right you know you're just locking it so i did that and then she actually did all the work like she grabbed onto my wrist with her other hands you know and acted as if she was choking right um and so we finished the scene and we're like, you know, you know how you see in a in where they're like, and scene, and then they turn and and they're like waiting for critique, 
And so I turn, and all three directors' eyes are the size of dinner plates, and their jaws are on the floor. <laughs> and it was like, uh, are you guys okay? And they, they look at me, then they look at her, and they're like, are you okay? <laughs> how was that? And she goes, what, what do you think? And, and they're like, so how was that? <laughs> um, are, are you okay? And she's like, yeah, I'm fine. Why? And they're like, your neck is, like, beet red. So it turns out that she she had, you know, like, she was, you know, writhing back and forth and rubbing her, you know, rubbing her neck, essentially. Nice. And it turned, like, bright red. It looked like I actually was strangling her one Nice, day. nice. So when we actually did the production, it was pretty cool. It looked really cool. So, but I thoroughly enjoyed the character. I'd love to play that character again. I'd love to do that play again, actually. So your only cool beef play. was the your only beef was the makeup. My only beef was the makeup and the costume. I loved the costume. The shredded everything shredded. Absolutely, on? that is totally Hyde. Really? Think think about think about the character of Hyde. I what roaming, I would... think about the character of Hyde roaming around the dregs of London. Oh, uh, I guess that's valid. Catching his shirt on something, catching his pants on something. Ah, that's valid. He doesn't care. So then, yeah, my only beef would be the makeup. See, I, I, I think one of my Although, favorite parts... at the same time, um, the makeup was done by a, an actually very good makeup artist. Well, yeah, there you go. Um, and so it was, it was exactly what we, what we had come up with. I just, you know, you just didn't like it. I just didn't particularly like I, it. I, I actually, I think one of the things I really liked, and and uh, it's a little different than the character of of Jekyll, but in in our version of the play, his name is Doctor Jennings. Right, of course, yeah. But I liked his. I liked his character was a little, uh, a little bit more verbose. Okay, so explain to our ignorant audience what verbose means. Uh, meaning that he he tended to. Uh, he tended to narrate a little bit more than most than most characters would. Right. Right, yeah. A lot of a lot of his lines were very narrator esque where he's He's telling why he's, he's telling you all of these details that are like no one needs to know these details, but it helps progress the plot. Right. Right. Without having without having without having the narrator. Right, exactly. And then Scrooge took his yeah, nightcap. Right. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. So you know, I never thought about that, but but since we're talking about acting in theater, I did I did get an opportunity when I was in high school. Um, I actually got cast as the narrator of in, uh, a Christmas Carol. Oh, that's cool. Um, and then I got cast as was... Young Dick, um, which was which was uh, which a was stereotype. Which was uh, stop it <laughs> because you're a piece of crap. <laughs> a piece of crap. Who. who uh, Easy. Is terrible. Easy. To, is terri- Easy. terrible to people all the time. Easy. <laughs> no, he was. He was one of uh, Scrooge's. <laughs> he, was he was Ebenezer's friend in the Ghost of Christmas Past. I actually got to learn to ballroom dance in that play, mm. and I still didn't enjoy it because at the time I really wanted to be Scrooge, and it was given to somebody who didn't even want to be Scrooge. Nice. I was the narrator. Were you? When we did our version of Christmas Carol. Oh, that's right. And then the second time I was the spirit of Christmas present, which we've which talked was about before. Even on the better. Show. We've actually talked about that play on the show. Well, we've also well we've talked about it because we still want to do a radio version of it. Indeed. You know, 
along with the other radio versions of things we should be working on. Anyway. And doing. <laughs> Don't mind us. We're busy. <laughs> so, yeah. So I would, I would I would have to say that Jekyll and Hyde is probably my favorite. Um, I, I just, I, every time that I think about all the plays I've done since then and the plays I did before that. Yeah. It's just something unique about that particular play. Unique up on it? I I think it was one of those things where it was just like, you know, because of the, the ensemble and right and the way the story flowed together and everything, yeah. it, it was just, it was so perfect. It was the perfect amount of storytelling, the perfect amount of action, the perfect amount of musical. Jekyll and Hyde? Yeah. It was a good, it was just a good play. Well, and I think the other thing is that we spent months and months and months getting the singing down. Right. right. Like, I, I, myself, I spent probably three months working on the light show. Oh, the, the, te- the light, lighting side of the tech? Yeah, the lighting side of the tech. And actually, some of the lighting side of the tech we never got to use again. Really? I, I only used in the first performance. It was pretty cool. I actually had lights set up. So the first... If you know the regular Jekyll and Hyde story, The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, the musical. Right. There's a song called Murder. And it's like, I think it's like a quarter way into the play. Oh, really? So our version of the play starts with murder. Oh, okay. Um, and so I wanted to capture the cityscape. You know what I mean? Oh, I gotcha. And so we used we used specific colors similar to the way the play is, the actual performances, where he's got, like, uh, Jekyll is represented by a specific color and Hyde is represented by a specific color. So we did that in our play. We used green and purple. Right. Purple was Dr. Jennings. Green was Mr. Hyde. Green was Hyde, yeah. And so the first song is all it's green. really cool, is, is mostly green. Right, because it's all about Hyde. And we have, and we have streets, lampposts right? and er- everywhere. But I wanted to capture, like, a city-type feel to it. And so in the middle of the, of the lighting sequence, I actually had lights that I stationed on the ground. Okay. And it's like the subway going past. Oh. Under the, stri- under the street, halfway through the song. And the lights just kind of turn on. And then they, we go on to something else. And it was just, uh, it was one of those moment things where it was just like, this would be really cool to do. And I tried it and was like, and, and the director was like, wow, that was really cool. But when we went on the road with it, it was something I couldn't reproduce. Was it just too in-depth or what? Well, when we went on the road, we didn't, we had a, we had a, we had a pretty advanced digital board on, the, on our first performance. When we went on the road, we had to use a pretty basic setup. And it wasn't until probably, I want to say probably three or four years into the into the run on the play, that we actually got a pretty good setup of lights and and, and equipment and everything. Right. And we didn't even actually end up getting to use it for Jekyll and Hyde at all. Uh, we ended up just we ended up using it for the next play, which was the play that you um, you redesigned the setup. For all the sound and everything, I did, and uh, that was that was Malice in Wonderland, which 
I did not like at all. Well, I wasn't a fan of that one really myself. I'm not a big fan of, of Alice in Wonderland, so it was one of those things where it was just like, eh. But when we rewrote it, um, that was, I thought the rewrite was, was well done. Right. I thought it was a much more cohesive production. Um, there was a, there was definitely some characters that were written incorrectly, right? That that had to be rewritten to make it better. Yeah. Um, yeah, that is kind of how the, some of those things go, you know. So you know, that, that one that that actually that performance, oh man, those the, that that run was that was the first time I ever I did something pretty crazy on that one. So I didn't I wasn't involved in the beginning of that play. No. Um, and so the guy who was doing the lights, unfortunately, he designed all the lights improperly. Yeah. Very basic. They were very poorly designed. And so when I came into the thing, it was like, this is trash. Right. I'm like, I'm going to have to, I essentially had to start from scratch, restart, you know, restart from nothing and work my way through it. And I was, I wasn't finished. And so we had to leave and. Uh, so I was actually programming right before our first performance and ran out of time and actually had to run the last two scenes of the play live on a digital board, which is, if anyone knows how digital boards work, it's not the easiest thing in the world to do. Um, Once you actually have it learned out, though, it's not too bad. Uh, no, it's pretty difficult to run a, run a light show live. Fair enough. You're, I've never done it. You're, so. Well, you you have each light, each fixture has seven or eight channels on it. One of them is the dimmer. One of them is a, a three or four of them are colors. Right. You have effects in there and all this different stuff. You have to know where everything is. You have to know which lights to turn on and turn off. There's a lot of details that when it's programmed and you just press go, it's no big deal. When you're running it live, it's like you have to know all these details. You have to know what you're doing. Otherwise, it's going to look like trash. Right, especially with, you know, with the people watching and scrutinizing. Well, yeah, and it being our first performance and everything. Wow. So. Sorry. Anyway. Um, yeah, that was pretty crazy. And then after that, we did. What was after that? To the rescue. To the rescue. Oh, that was a fun play. We did a superhero play. Um, kind of a kind of a police murder mystery with superheroes added in. Um, really? <laughs> yes, it's really loud. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Anyway, that was. I think that was. I think that was a cool play too. Uh, definitely not enough superheroes in it though. Right. But it was. It was more like a murder mystery type thing, which, which was pretty cool. Um, that one had a lot of had a lot of effects in it. Um, well, so, so, but that br- that brings up. So we're we're talking about these plays, and we of course started with talking about a Christmas Carol. You know, the narrating part. We well, brought up the yeah, Christmas Carol when we were talking about Jekyll and Hyde. But, yeah. but it. You said something the other day, and I, I was thinking about it, and I I wanted to talk about it. So, if you've listened to our show at all. Um, during the holiday season, of course, we are very much about Christmas and and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but but somebody said something to to us the other day and um, about Christmas in general and and uh, 
you brought up your favorite quote from A Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, we are, you know, this is, you know, we have a very specific political worldview and, and things like that. But, but more important, more than anything, we are, we are Christians. And we believe that Jesus is the way, the only, you know, the only way to heaven. Right. Um, and that through his blood shed on the cross, we make heaven our home. You know, believe in your mouth, confess, you know, believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, mouth. um, that Jesus Christ is Lord and you shall be saved. You know, that's the simple gospel. But there are a lot of people in the world that that just dislike different holidays and different things that may be Christians or professing Christians that don't know why we believe what we believe for those holidays. You know, or those traditions that we do, you know, that we that we enjoy for those holidays. And I just I thought, you know, here we are in a, in a in a in a new time with a with a crazy weird pandemic still raging on and um, politicians lying left and right and elections being manipulated stolen. and stolen and 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 the world. I mean, it's just. Like if you if you think about it, I mean you've got everything. You've got the gas prices are up and and people are depressed. Some people are still quarantined. You know, like Chicago, Chicago is still locked down. Like, you know, they can't have anything there. I was talking to a buddy last night about it. You know, and it. What What are you getting at, Luke? Excuse me. What What are you What are you getting at? I just I I feel like we need to. I think we need to like discuss something that's joyful and happy. And whereas I know people hate I know that there's a large number of people well, that I hate mean, we Christmas could, year round, but I love Christmas. We and could, I we could start by talking about a holiday that we just passed. Valentine's Day? Yeah. Awesome. I'm just saying we we should learn about why these are awesome holidays. We could talk about St. Patrick's Day, it's just around the corner. And and just something light. I'm just thinking, you know, we need we need a bit of light levity. We need a bit of Christmas right this very minute. A bit, of, a bit of Christmas. And keep it year-round. Candles in the window. Something in the... <laughs> I don't know the song. What is happening right now? <laughs> yes, we need a little Christmas right this very minute. Anyway, I just, I think that we need something happy. We need to talk about something light and happy? Yes. Something light and fluffy? Something light and fluffy. Ooh. Like a... Uh, Easter and a bunny. Like a bunny. Or or a unicorn. You're so fluffy, I'm going to die! Unicorns are not fluffy. Well, kind of. Depends on the unicorn, I suppose. Every time I think of unicorns, I think of the Chronicles of Narnia. Death? And in the, well, in the last... Warrior unicorns. In the last book, in the last (laughs) battle... The the king's horse is not a horse. It's a unicorn. It's a unicorn. And they're best friends with each other. Oh, cool. And they go riding into battle together, and he's, like, freaking brutal with his... Horn? With his horn, and he, oh, like, geez. skewers people. It's pretty boss. That That is legit. Um, so, there goes my light and fluffy. Unicorn just death! Just saying. <laughs> Unicorns are pretty B.A. That, no, I I'm actually... Saying. I, I think that all, like, mythical creatures like that are pretty cool. Um... But you know, like minotaurs, I think minotaurs are pretty legit. Not yours, tars. Only minotaurs. Minotaurs, not yours. Minotaurs. 
Nobody else can have them. They're only mine. These tars are mine. Minotaurs. <laughs> Minotaurs and feathered. <laughs> that was good. That was good. That's about all I got right now is how tired I am right now. I, well, I'm, I'm we can do the exhausted. bottom of the hour right now. Yeah, no, we're not quite there yet. We could do the bottom of the hour right now. Why right now? We're not there yet. Do you want to go for a full hour? I don't know if I can keep you awake that way. I don't know if I can go you for a full hour. You already fell asleep about 10 minutes ago. <laughs> this has been the new current. Well, it's because of how much I'm working and, and whatnot. Oh, excuses, excuses. I'm being a productive member of society. I'm you being a productive member of society. Me, me. That's you. That's what you sound like. That is not what I sound like. Especially the me, me at the <laughs> end. me, <laughs> me. Wait a minute. Your fault, my fault. Your, your fault, fault, my fault, my fault. My fault. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Your no, fault. No. Your fault. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh. Did you like The Incredibles? Uh, the Incredibles is probably on my list of top ten favorite movies. Did you ever. like the second one? Uh, the second one, not nearly as much. I enjoyed it. It was it was good, but they 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 put too much. I felt like they were trying for women empowerment too much. No, it wasn't so much women empowerment. It was more of the. It's the it's the whole let's justify qualify people's specialness. Oh right 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 right. You it's can't the, just. It's be... the whole it's the whole argument. It's this. There's there's this. I've noticed that there's been a trend lately in superhero movies, in vigilante movies in general. Uh huh. That there's this perspective that, well, if you hadn't done anything, nobody would have gotten hurt. We're right. okay with them robbing the bank. And threatening people, just as long as no one gets hurt. Huh. And, and I look at that, and I'm like, it's funny that this concept has become so prevalent in superhero movies. And I feel, and I know that was like a main component of that pl- of that movie. But I, I think it's so funny because that statement is literally the reason why vigilantes exist. Because. People do nothing. The guy comes into the bank, pulls his gun out. Everybody face the wall and put your hands on your head. Now fill these bags up, right? And they and they comply. Right. And then you have the vigilante who is willing to stand up to the bad guy. Interesting. And, and I, I think that it's interesting that this concept of telling the superheroes not to fight. Well... Because, is, because we don't want to hurt anybody. Has I I think it's interesting that it's become so prevalent in superhero movies. Well it's the it is the it is the propaganda of the anti gun movement is what it is. Well I, I I think it's I think it goes deeper than that. Okay. I think it goes deeper than that because I, I think that it's really an attack on the American spirit. Right. Because the American spirit is we want to help people. Oh gosh. Right? Yeah, absolutely. We we want we want to help people, we want to take care of people. We see someone need in need, we want to take we want to help them, we want to take care of them. We want to make sure that people stay safe. We want we we want to we want to make sure that people have the ability to be free. 
yeah. it, it's a it's like a fundamental part of what makes us us uh, us America. Yep. And, and uh, you know, I watched this. Actually, it's really funny. I watched this video the other day. I was looking through some of my old emails that I have saved on my email, and it's called "Why America Isn't the Greatest Country in the World Anymore." Oh wow! And the the guy is talking, and he's oh wow. Uh, what? I just said a wow to what you said. Okay, you said it twice. I know I said it twice because the first time I couldn't hear myself. What the crap is that? It is a phone call. Oh! Um, it's the bottom of the hour. We're going to take a break. And we're back. It was the bottom of the hour. We are Pod Bros Productions. We're Sound Bros Productions, the production of Pod Bros Productions and Sound Bros. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope, that was wrong. <laughs> nope. We are Pod Bros, a production of Sound Bros Productions. Productions. <laughs> of, of potting sound of pros. potting. Well, currently potting. we are room... Plant, uh, plant we are, potting. We are... Potting plants. Booth monkeys. Bo- what? Booth monkeys. Like John Wilkes Booth? John Wilkes Booth. Why do you yell out John Wilkes Booth every time you shoot a basket? Because he never misses? <laughs> you made that joke last time. I did. Because I love it. So it's ridiculous. Terrible. Anyway, so Christmas, no, Easter, no, Valentine's Day, Kwanzaa, St. Patrick's Day. What's next? St. Patrick's Day? St. Patrick's Day. The green? Where did the green come from in St. Patrick's Day? Uh, Ireland is green. Oh. Also, Ireland's flag is green, white, and orange. You know, Switzerland's flag is a big plus. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, so St. Patrick. What about him? St. Patrick is a pretty brutal saint, isn't he? What do you mean? Like, he went through a lot of crap. Oh, you mean his story is brutal? Yeah. Let's say he wasn't a brutal guy. No, 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 no. Like his story, like his what story, he went yeah, through was yeah. He got he got captured when he, was, when he was a young man. Um, young man. No, not do that kind do of young do man. Do young man. Stop. Sorry. Stop. Um, and got carried away to Ireland to be a slave. Ireland. Um, he was he was picked to be sacrificed. Oh, to by the Druids. Yeah, by the Druids, and the guy. Who was taking him there? Came across a guy he owed a debt to, um, and the guy insisted on him paying the debt with St. Patrick. Wow. Um, and so St. Patrick spent the rest of he spent I think something like thirty years or something ridiculous like that, being this guy's servant. Wow. Uh, taking care of all of his animals. Oh wow. Um. But he recognized that God had saved his life. 
Oh, okay. And so he started praying. He would pray all the time. Pray while he was working. He would pray while he was on his free time. It got to the point where he was praying over 100 times a day. Wow. Yeah. So he was he was pretty in touch with God. Um, and one day, God came to him in a vision and said, Time to go. Your ship, the ship that's waiting f- that's waiting to take you back to England, is uh, it's in this dock. And he showed a, and it, God showed him a picture of the boat. Wow! So he got up the next morning and told his master, "I need to go. I've been your faithful servant for thirty years, you know, however many years plus." Yeah. Um, but God told me it's time to go back to England. His master said no. Um, and then, as he was leaving, he told one of his other servants to tie Patrick up so that he wouldn't escape. But Patrick literally walked out the door and walked off the farm. He just left. He was so convinced that God told him it's time to go that it was time to go. Wow. Um, he walked, I don't, I don't remember how many miles, it was some crazy amount of distance that he walked to the port. And when he got there, there was the ship that God showed him in his vision. What? Yeah, pretty crazy. So then there's there was a whole there's a whole big story about him getting on the boat, um, uh, like crazy stuff because they they were transporting animals. Okay. And uh, the animals were unruly, and he calmed them down because he was a farmer. And then. They denied him access to the boat, and he walked away, and all the animals started acting up again. And the guy led him on the boat. You know, something like that. It's it's a crazy story like that. I don't know yeah. exactly the context of it, but I know that it was something ridiculous. Right. Like that. Um, long story short, they, <laughs> they never make it back to England. Really? The ship gets hit by a storm off the coast of England. And they're knocked off course, and I think they ended up in France somewhere. Okay. I'm remembering, I I haven't gone through all the details of the story in a while. It was a long time ago when I researched this, like, probably like 12 or 13 years ago that that I researched all the details on this. But they traveled for a really long time before they found a way to get back. And then he ended up sailing back to England after the fact. Oh, okay. Um, but he actually shipwrecked for a while. He was shipwrecked, and they were lost for a while. Wow. Um, so he ended up making back home. Turned out his family was totally fine. The village had been burned to the ground in the attack. His family home had been burned to the ground. Um, but his family was fine, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and in that process of getting back and then reuniting with his family, he felt the call to, into the ministry to preach. Um, and, uh, he, with the connections that his, his, cause his dad was the pastor of the church. Oh, okay. Or I guess he would have been the priest of the church or whatever, um, time period wise, it would have been the priest of the church, but he, and then his grandfather had been in a, a clergyman as well. And so with those connections, he was actually able to get trained, uh, in Rome. Oh, okay. He actually traveled. Uh, to Fran- back to France and then to Spain and then all the way to Rome uh, to learn Greek and Hebrew and and Latin. And this was at 30? Past 30. <whistles> um, and so then he came back to, 
came back to England and became the 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 pastor of the church. Right. There in his hometown, and he was he was that it was like that for uh, quite a few years before he felt the call of God, and and actually in a dream, another another vision, another another dream, and the dream was a uh, an Irishman saying, you know, holy, you know, holy man, we need you to come back to England or come back to Ireland and and walk among us and tell us the tr- you know tell us the good news of the gospel. I'm uh, obviously paraphrasing. I don't remember right, of course, exact, of course, what the exact account is, but. He um, he ended up traveling back, and uh, just the story the story of him of his uh, his I guess, what would it be missionarying Ireland right. yeah, yeah. is is full of epic stories like the druids setting ambush and when uh, and when Patrick and his and his priests would show up the the army thought that they were seeing like animals on the path and they like just like crazy stories like that, like tons and tons of these stories. They'd be like having a, a meeting and people would be getting saved and the Jews would show up to try to break it up. And someone would have someone like warned them in advance. Someone, somehow somebody knew and warned everybody in advance and they all left. Wow. And so the Jews showed up and there's nobody there. Wow. They got like, Tons of stories like that, over and over and over again. That's so cool. Um, and uh, it was ultimately, uh, and I, I we actually, I actually told this story last night. It ultimately came down to uh, every year in Ireland, the Druids would have a celebration on the spring equinox. And I was backwards last night when I was telling someone winter solstice. I said the winter, I said the winter equinox and the spring solstice, and I was backwards. It's the winter solstice and the spring equinox. Got it. Um, for those of you who don't know what that is, the solstice, the summer solstice and the winter solstice are when the earth is in vertical, is completely upright on its axis. Wow. And, and how e- often does that happen? Twice a year. Oh, okay. Beginning of winter, beginning of summer. Nice. And then the equinox is when it's at its furthest tilt. And that happens in the beginning of spring and the beginning of fall. Wow. That's so cool. Yep. So every spring equinox, they would have this big, the Druids would have this big fertility celebration. Right, right, right. You know, spring and whatnot. And Patrick was very upset because right around that same, actually that year in particular, Easter fell on the spring equinox. Oh, wow. And so he had an Easter celebration. And so this the spring celebration that the Druids would have is they would, they, would, they would party all day, and then at the end of the day, they would light this huge bonfire on, you know, one, whoever, whichever god it was, their symbol was this big bonfire. Right. And so pa- Patrick, and so part of, this, part of the ritual was that no one else could have a big fire like that that night. Gotcha. Right. And so Patrick, before the celebration was done, he lit up his own fire and made it massive, like hu- huge, like twice the size of any other fire. Wow. Um, it was, you know, this unbelievable blaze. Right. And, you know, kind of a, a, a show of defiance, you know. Right. 
and he actually got the the king because because you know a lot of a lot of these older older countries the and even even you know we even see this today but a lot of countries are very their uh the, the, theocracies right the religion controls the country right and so the king was uh what's the word I'm looking for subservient to the religious law and so the law said you could only light the bonfire at the time that it was supposed to be lit at the end of the feast. Ah. And so the king was obligated to enforce that. So he actually had Patrick come before him. And Patrick was able to give his testimony and whatnot. And uh, in that whole process, the, the, uh, the, high, the high priest of the Druids attempted to poison St. Patrick. And he didn't die. And no, he obviously. was he was exposed. God told Patrick not to drink any of the liquid. Wow. And uh, the, you know, through a series of events, the the guy was ultimately exposed that the liquid had poison in it. And uh, the king was like, you know, it was one of those moments where it was like the king's eyes were open. It's like you didn't you don't have any power. You had to poison him. Right. You didn't have any power to kill him with your special powers. And your poison didn't even work. And uh, it was kind of the turning point. And after that, uh, there was very little to no resistance at all. And pretty much all of Ireland was converted to Christianity. Wow. That's awesome. So. I apologize uh, to everyone in the audience and to you. This light is brutal. It, yeah, it is. And it is making me want to fall asleep. It, it's, it's, it's. We got to change this. This, yeah. this needs to be a priority, Luke. <laughs> That's our next plan: is finishing this room. So we anyway, this done. for those of you who are like, "Oh, St. Patrick's Day, just an excuse for people to get drunk," blah blah blah. It's like you know what? No. First off, let me inter- let me let me let me address that for a moment. If St. Patrick's Day is your excuse to get drunk and not go get an epic mint milkshake from McDonald's, you have your priorities mixed up. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, all right. I, I guess we don't need to go any farther than that. That just, just about sums it up. All right. That that's all for today, folks. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> no, no. I, I I would say you know, if you're one of those people that's like you know, oh, St. Patrick's Day is just an excuse. It's just another holiday like like Valentine's Day or or Christmas or Easter where they just people are just trying to sell stuff and blah. It's like no. These holidays exist for a very specific reason. Right. And I would go even one step farther on the American side of it. Yeah. They don't celebrate St. Patrick's Day. I mean, they do now. But they never celebrated St. Patrick's Day in Ireland. Right, right. It's an American holiday. Do you know why we celebrate St. Patrick's Day? Because of Irish Americans. Celebrating their heritage... And like Amer- how Amer- this is, you know, it, so that video, I'm going back to that video right now. Yeah. Where they're like, America could be great, right? That's the whole thing is America isn't the greatest nation in the world, but it could be. Yeah. You know, you watch that and you're like, yeah, I see what you're saying. The problem is, is that America was the greatest nation in the world because we integrated other cultures into our culture. Right. For goodness sake, we celebrate St. Patrick's Day. 
Why do we celebrate St. Patrick's Day? Because Irish people came here, integrated into our country. And we celebrate And they day. wanted a day to celebrate their Irish heritage, yep. St. Patrick's Day. And we all celebrate it with them. We all celebrate Cinco de Mayo. What is Cinco de Mayo? It's nothing. They beat, they, it was a battle that they won. And if you read the rest, and if you study out the rest of the story, a few days later, they lost. Right. But we celebrate Cinco de Mayo. Why? Because Mexican-American immigrants wanted a day to celebrate their heritage. Yeah. And we all celebrate with them. I I I like Cinco de Mayo. I always have. And and you know what? Why not? Exactly. Why not? I I say why don't we have more holidays like that? Why don't we have holidays where we celebrate, you know, the holiday of people from, you know, Jamaica or something like that, or Africa or, you know, Asian holidays. You know, I mean. How many people celebrate Chinese New Year? Tons of people celebrate Chinese New Year, the Lunar New Year. That's great. That's awesome. Let's do it. Why not? These people are all, they've, they've all come here. They've all integrated into our country. We're, we're celebrating the, we're celebrating the diversity of our country. Why not? Right. Absolutely. I, I love the fact that America is a melting pot. You know? Right? I mean, I guess we have Martin Luther King Day. It's not really a holiday per se, but well, we, we, are, really... we are kind of celebrating, you know, one of the best black guys who's ever lived, right? True. Very true. I mean, he's, he's quite a guy. You, you do some research on him, and he's... He was amazing. He was pretty amazing. The amount of stuff he was able to accomplish in the short time that he was that he was really pushing full speed, he really got quite a bit done. Yep. Yep. But you know that th- this is th- this is one of those things. I, I've always had beef with people that are like, "Oh, holiday this and that." And it's like you know, I get it if it's you know your religion and your you know we don't celebrate holidays, blah blah. blah. But it's like you know. If you're going to make a personal decision about something, know the history of what you're saying. Well, and I think that's what, I mean, that's why I brought it up, but that's what we were talking about the other day, you know? Know, know why the holiday is celebrated at all. You know? The, Chris, Christmas is actually a fantastic example. So is Easter. Who cares if Easter is when Jesus actually died or Christmas it was when Jesus was actually born? Who cares? Yeah. The point is, is that we set aside a day to celebrate the event. We together as a society have collectively decided to set aside this, this day, day to celebrate Jesus or life. to be even to be even better about it because I I think that this is my favorite part about Christmas. We're going to set aside a whole flipping month pretty much or two or two or three or five. I mean, for goodness sake, when I worked at Walmart September 1st, yep. Christmas decorations started showing up Yep. for the Christmas season. October 1st, we started getting eggnog in the store. Which, that that's just beautiful. It, it's like, 
Because eggnog is amazing. People people who look at Christmas, oh, it's just pagan hall. It's like, no, it's the birth of Jesus. Who cares if that's actually when it happened? People are spending literally months preparing to celebrate the birth of Jesus. Yep. How awesome is that? Yep. It's and if you don't, And if you don't think it's awesome, I would argue that there's something wrong. I agreed. Agreed. If you have... If you have gotten to the point where it is so materialistic. If you're going, and I think this is, and we've talked about this before at Christmas time, but if you're, when you're getting gifts, it's not about getting gifts, it's about giving the gifts. And it's not about the gift, it's about, it's about just giving it. Who cares what it is? Exactly. You know, we part of this conversation we had was about you know them going into you know this this particular person going into debt and whatnot, and it's like that's ridiculous. You know, you go to the dollar store and 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 buy and spend ten bucks. Exactly. You know, it's not necessary to to I mean to break the bank to break the bank. I mean, at the most, I I probably spend about a hundred and fifty bucks at Christmas. Yeah, I and that's and that's generous most of the time. I don't know. It depends. And, and some usually, years, I, some years I try and put more aside. And that's, just go true, ridiculous. that's true. And usually, when I spend that much, it's usually everybody ends up getting a care package from me. Exactly. You know, it's ammo and a new knife and candles yeah. and you know all these different things that I'm get. You know, that I'm giving people. You know, flashlights and you know all these different. It, you know. It's not just one thing. Yeah, it's a care package. Like it's a you care. Said. It's a care package. You know, it's like and 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 it's funny because I'm giving gifts that I know this is kind of weird to say, but it's I'm giving gifts that I would want to get, right? Yeah. And I think that's something that people get caught up in is that it's like, well, I'm going to give a gift that that I want that this person is probably going to want. It's like, well. I know what they want, but I know what I want, and I want to give what I want. I want to give of myself. You know that brings up a that brings up a, a story, and uh, I think because of the light in here and we just turn the light off. Luke. The time. Well, we can end with this. So, there was a couple that had been married for about fifty years. And for that 50 years, the husband would always... This is not the helicopter story, is it? No. Okay, good. (laughs) Go ahead, continue. (laughs) Well, I'm not going to say the punchline to that one, because we'll tell that one later. Okay. Some other day. No, 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 this is is legitimate. So the the husband would, would make toast for his wife. Okay. And he would cut the crust off and give her the crust for 50 years. And wait, 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 hold on a sec. So he would make toast for his he wife. He would make and cut toast, the crust off? cut the crust off, give her the crust, and eat the the regular part of the toast. Okay. And and so they're sitting one day, and and he makes toast and cuts off the crust and gives her the crust, and she loses it on him. Okay. You know she gets all upset. Why are you always giving me the crust? I hate the crust. You've been giving me the crust for 50 years. Mm-hmm. And he looked at her and he just was real quiet and he said, the crust is my favorite part. Mm-hmm. Nice. And 
I mean, it's a cute story, and I don't even know if it's true or not. But it it just shows that when you truly love someone and you care about them, right? you give them your favorite part. It's true. So he went 50 years giving her his favorite part of the bread because he loved her. Right. Right? And so when you're giving gifts, you know, when we're giving gifts to people, I want to give you what I care about because I love you. That's funny because that's totally what I give all the time. Exactly. I, I would love it if people gave me ammo and knives, and knives for Christmas. For Christmas. You know? And and so I I I do I try and give as best I can gifts that say something about me and that person. Right, right. But at the end of the day, you know the gifts that are the true love gifts are the gifts that don't really know you, but they're about the person that they're coming from. Right. So and that, of course, brings us all the way back around. To the greatest gift, which is... Like, background to the beginning? Right. Background to where are we going? Back which is, here. God gave his son, which was the most important thing, because he loved us. And in and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So, if you don't know Jesus, and you want to know Jesus, all you have to do is ask. And he'll answer. And if you're not sure what to say, send us a comment. We'll tell you what to say. We'll 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 do we'll, it with you. We'll do it with you. I have no problem with that. Yep. So, from everybody at Sound Bros Productions, we are Pod Bros. Signing off. No wait, no, that's not our how we end. <laughs> Sorry. Say hopefully you learned <laughs> something today. <laughs> Because if you're not learning, you're, you're dying. dying. So stay alive. And Godspeed. No? I like the Godspeed thing. Signing off! Signing off! <laughs> we should just completely mix it up and sign off a different way every time. No. No. We to can't. infinity and, and beyond. beyond! I'm pretty sure that's patented. <laughs> Copyright. Copyright. Patented. <laughs> I invented this. <laughs> Anyway. What does it do? <laughs> what does it do? It initiates my ability to... Sign off. Go beyond. To go beyond. <laughs> uh, yeah. Patent pending. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh. <laughs> okay. All right. So, I think we're done. Oh, Hope you learned something. Glad you were here. If you're not learning, you're dying. Stay, Stay alive. alive.